0: What's going on, you guys? This is Dante
1: and Michelle,
0: and you're tuned into Life Instructions Not Included, the podcast where you try to find all the missing pieces to make your lives feel a little bit more normal.
1: Coming from different walks of life, we'll try to spark conversation that mentally stimulates us and challenges the way we all think.
0: Trigger warning. Today, we're going to be talking about a sensitive topic, generational trauma. Our goal today is to reflect on how the situations our parents and ancestors have been through can impact our lives. So during today's episode, we want you guys to think about your own personal experiences with generational trauma and how you plan on breaking the generational trauma curse. But before we do that, let's go ahead and check in. What have you been up to?
1: I have been go, go, go for almost 48 hours now. Starting with yesterday morning, I babysat my best friend's daughter yesterday, and she is so cute, so smiley, so happy that, yeah, it's just adorable. And my husband's like, careful, don't go getting baby fever now.
0: Number and three I'm, coming soon.
1: And I'm like, ha, ha. Uh, <laughs> like, can't guarantee anything. <laughs> but, um no, I think we're like, you know what? No, I think it's time to be like auntie and uncle. And just like, we can go see the baby, hang out with the baby. But we we'll return to the parents, you know? Because we haven't really been in that situation before. I think I talked about how I don't have a lot of friends who have kids, and so we've never like been in this kind of role, so I think this is going to be really fun. Were the boys with you? They were not. Nope. They were at school, so I just had one-on-one time with her, which was awesome.
0: Exciting. What'd you guys do?
1: You know, we did a little tummy time. We...
0: <laughs> What'd you guys do? She's... Oh, wait, hold on. How old is she?
1: <laughs> <laughs> yeah, she's like... Almost four months old. Okay, so. okay.
0: <laughs> Never mind. You know? I was like, where'd y'all go? What would you try to kick
1: it? I fed her, you know. Um, no, but immediately after that I had to go to Cameron's Steam Fair at his school. So went to that really quick. And when then is it? Steam Fair.
0: What's a steam fair? What's that?
1: Stands for science, technology, engineering, agricultural, mathematics. So kind of like a science fair, but STEAM fair. So I went to that really quick after school. And then straight after that, I went to work, had a couple big events at work, got off at 11, and then had to be back at work again at 8 a.m. to meet with a client. Got off of work.
0: I have no sympathy, but
1: <laughs> Got off <laughs> of work eight hours later, and then now here I am recording a podcast. So it's been busy How have you been?
0: I've been good. Sorry, I'm munching on fries right now because I've been super busy and haven't been able to eat. So, I have been good. Uh, This week's been crazy. I think, you know, after you listen to the previous episode, we've already told everybody that it's been really warm here, right? It's been about, like, high 80s lately, would you say? High 80s, low 90s. And in May, it's not really common for us to have that for this long of a stretch in May, or at least at the beginning of May. So, I've been out in the garden a lot, trying to get everything or- organized. We're trying to prep for my grandma's death anniversary, which is in August, which I know it sounds like a long ways away, but we're having, like, a shit ton of people here. Probably close to 80. Maybe, That's a lot. maybe somewhere around there. Yeah, 80 people at our house. So, you know, we're just trying to get everything ready. Um, I'm getting a bunch of plant sales out there. And just been chilling you know you know what's weird is that my uncle stopped by my grandpa's brother
1: hold on what's before up? you continue, I just want to make a comment like I love and I don't know how many other cultures do this, but celebrating death anniversaries mm-hmm. I don't know a lot of people outside the Filipino culture that celebrate death anniversaries do you i don't
0: no I don't think so
1: and so it might sound like really weird to celebrate a death anniversary but it's very normal for us in our culture right and I was just thinking like how cool that is to like every year still remember the person because like one of my fears is like when I do pass is that I will be forgotten Mm -hmm. and that time will go on that my family except for the ones like except for my children or people who I was really close to Um, are only going to remember but people beyond that are like not really going to know who I am
0: yeah well that would be interesting to hear from other people that are from different cultures you know DM us let us know are there any traditions you guys have for people that have passed away Uh, one thing that was different for me was when we went to the Philippines we Mm -hmm. were there during the day of the dead yes and so are you familiar with tradition for day of the dead in the Philippines
1: no, I'm not. Just from like Coco, and well, Disney. What happened to Coco? <laughs> so they they put the picture up on the ofrenda. What's mm-hmm. it called? I think I that's what it's idea. called. So they put the picture up, and they bring like food to the grave, and they you know celebrate the dead.
0: Okay, yeah. So same thing,
1: okay. same exact
0: thing. So November first is Day of the Dead. We would go to the cemetery, and cemetery is like packed. That's full what of people. I
1: hear. It was
0: it was pretty dope. And in the Philippines, like, they have shrines. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Houses built. So, the size of my shed back here, uh, that's probably the size of a shrine. Oh, wow. Yeah, so if you think of maybe, like, 600 square feet. so Oh, that's not 600 square feet. <laughs> that's maybe, yeah. like, 300 square feet.
1: No. 200?
0: Maybe two. <laughs> okay, whatever. So, <laughs> if you've seen but,
1: Miguel, I mean, if you've seen Coco, yeah. it's, like, where the he thinks his grandfather is like his shrine where his guitar is
0: yeah 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 exactly <laughs> That's so well, what's crazy though in the philippines like people had like full-on houses around the grave which is pretty dope. you mean they
1: lived a, they lived around the grave
0: no, no no they don't live there it's just a house oh there so they would have a kitchen bathroom um i don't think they have a bedroom there but it could possibly be for day of the day so when the family comes over, they people would bring food to prep. Oh. So they would even have vendors over there selling food.
1: But they only celebrate it once a year? Yeah. And they only use this once a year?
0: I have no idea. Interesting. <laughs> I mean maybe if they go visit on birthdays. Yeah. Oh, yeah. I'm sure there's other days that they go down there, not just Day of the Dead.
1: You know, there is another Filipino culture. We do like every party, we'll put out, you know, we have a lot of food at family parties. Yeah. And then we put out a plate. With a little offering of each food, mm-hmm. and we put it aside for those who have passed. Do you guys do that? No. I also don't know what it's called.
0: So I've only heard people. I've only heard Filipinos from Hawaii
1: do that. Say that. Oh, really? Yeah,
0: I've never had any other friends say oh. that they do that. Okay. Which I mean, that might be a thing, but I know our family doesn't.
1: So doesn't maybe do not like it. a <coughs> Filipino thing, but like a Hawaiian.
0: Well, because in Hawaii there's a huge mix of cultures, right? Uh huh. So, I mean, there could have been things that have been passed down from other cultures, sure. To Filipino, so that could be it. Uh, was, again, I'm not, I'm not sure.
1: I did it one time when I was hosting my family back in Tri Cities. Uh, you know, we had a food spread, and I was putting the food offerings on a plate. And I think it was the first time my mom ever saw me do that, and she was like surprised that I was doing it because oh, really? usually it's like the auntie or my mom. Or my mom that does it, yeah, you know, yeah, one yeah, of, like, yeah. the older adults. So when they saw Suge, they are like, oh, okay.
0: Yeah. So I did it for my grandma, and my grandpa was like, why are we doing that? It's only <laughs> Buddhist people.
1: I was like, grandpa, you got to
0: stop being <laughs> closed-minded about this whole thing. Like, just anything in life.
1: Because mm-hmm. he has
0: a set ways with certain things. Mm-hmm. So he thinks only specific cultures do certain things.
1: Mm-hmm. Yeah. It's yeah. kind of cool to borrow from different cultures. Yeah, it's pretty dope.
0: So okay. So what, as you were saying, yeah. Sorry, what I was gonna. No, no problem. What I was mentioning earlier is that my uncle came over. He bought some plants, and he was talking about how he doesn't understand the our, our generation. Mm-hmm. He doesn't understand why we all want to build our own business. Why doesn't Why don't you guys just work, um, work for a good company? You don't have to worry about anything else, and then just make sure you save up your money. And he, he just went on with this whole thing, right? Mm-hmm. And so. Yesterday was actually my godson's birthday, which is his grandson. So we, we talked about it again. But this time he was like, you know, it's not a problem, you know, if you're happy. But I, I just don't get it, you know. And it wasn't like he was upset. But it seemed as if he was more trying to press on the idea that you should just have a regular job and, mm. and work for someone rather mm. than trying to be the boss Mm-hmm. Of something that you've created.
1: Where did he grow up?
0: Philippines okay. in the Philippines and you know I think that a lot of people that came from the Philippines, especially in the 60s and 70s, they have this work hard mentality and I, I think just anybody that comes from a third world country mm-hmm. coming to the US it's always like if you work really hard, you'll make it to the top mm-hmm. and you'll just keep growing within that within that position, right? Mm-hmm. It's not about trying to build your own thing from the ground up. Yeah. It's about working for someone that's already built something mm-hmm. and then they'll help to build you up. Yeah, I'm not sure where that comes from. but
1: It's interesting because if you think about the society they grew up in and the society we grew up in, yeah. it's very, it's super different, yeah. right? And you also have to think about the times that we're growing up in and all the like advancements we've made since we were born. So like say the last 30 years. And I think about, okay, think about our society and how like Innovative, we have been with like technology and just the birth of so much, right? Like, and that's our generation. And that's our too, generation. Because, so, like,
0: because there were so, so many technological advances mm-hmm. as we were growing up and it happened so quick, right? Yeah.
1: But not so, okay, so yes, a lot of techno- technological advances, but I guess my point that I'm trying to make is, is that a lot of innovation. So when we think about working, I always think like, damn, there's still a lot to be innovated. There's still a lot of ideas and good ideas brewing out there that can come to life. And so we have a lot of these people in our generation with this entrepreneurial mindsets. Which is different from what your uncle experienced growing up in the Philippines.
0: Well, I think, I guess what my point is with the technological advances is that it's... A little bit more easy. It's a little bit easier for us to have access to obtaining our own business license, right? Mm-hmm. Uh, we we can create a lot of things. We can get money from many different many different avenues, mm-hmm. and I think that um, with their generation, there were traditional ways that you go about making money. But I mean, now you could just make money doing dumb TikTok videos, right? Mm-hmm. And then all of a sudden, you're an influencer, and then all of a sudden, you're selling you're selling social media marketing plans mm-hmm. for people, right?
1: Yeah. So,
0: so I think that, you know, we're fortunate enough to have these advances in our favor, um, but it's just hard to try to explain to that older generation, like, why we're going about it this way, you know?
1: It's definitely a new way of thinking. I mean, when you think about people, actually, some people being able to make a living off of creating content, And this term of, like, content creator, like, yeah, if I was an older adult, I'd probably be like, how the hell are you making a living off of that? Like, it's cool, but it's unheard of, and it really is, like, a new career.
0: So, one reason why I think it's hard for my uncle to grasp this whole entrepreneurial mindset is because traditionally, for most Filipinos... Uh, we're going to generalize the shit out of this, but parents really want their kids to become what? A nurse. Oh, mm-hmm. something post, in the medical po- field. Or post office. Oh, yeah, that's um, our family. I don't know. What was that? You I don't have anybody in the I post said, office?
1: No, I said, that is our family. Oh, that's your family. <laughs> okay.
0: Just nurses in well, post office. <laughs> well, we've it.
1: talked about it before. Like my mom worked in the post office. i have an uncle, a couple uncles that did. You, your mom, a couple of your uncles, yeah. my mom, your uncle actually know each other. Um, they do. Yeah. Who's your uncle? Your uncle, m- my? my mom and your uncle. They do. But the, yeah. Okay. Okay.
0: Yeah. <laughs> okay. But yeah. For real? Which uncle? Yeah, I because well, I have to... like three uncles. Okay, in Okay, so place, or two uncles. I think in the
1: they're place. twins. Yeah. And I think oh, the quieter twin. Yeah. Yeah. Mom me. Yeah.
0: Uh, <laughs> my uncle you, Tony, yeah.
1: You, okay. Yeah. Well, I think she knows both of them. I think she knows of both of them, but that's she crazy. might know one more than the other. Well, they know a hell of people. So, that's ridiculous. Yeah. Anyways, um, yes. In the medical field, <laughs> like a nurse, yeah. like you said, I guess the post office. I didn't think about that one, but I guess so.
0: Yeah, that's pretty common. If you notice during Halloween, a lot of Filipinos have a post office, post office outfit. No. you never seen that before?
1: No. Oh, uh, man. You must live wait, under wait, near the rock. Wait, hold on. As their as Halloween their costume? costume yeah. yeah. My mom never I've seen did. it so
0: many times.
1: Filipinos. Yeah. They're just wearing their work uniform. Oh,
0: no. Not, not the They would borrow from their uncles the work uniform. So they would, they would dress up as a postman. I've
1: never seen that. That is
0: crazy. I see at least like five or six of people that I know each year.
1: I have never seen that. Oh, that's wild. wild. That's wild. <laughs>
0: Well, so the whole job thing, right, Um, career choice, it kind of relates to the whole generational trauma thing because I think that, for one, a lot of parents want to guide you in a certain direction that makes the family look good. Mm -hmm. And there's some underlying factor there where they feel like they need to push their... I I would say their initiative. Their initiative. Because, like, they have this idea where... It seems like they have this idea where, like, oh, well, I want my kid to do this and I'm going to make sure that I'm being a good parent by guiding my kid in this direction. Yeah. And if they go opposite direction, it's almost like, what the hell is wrong with you? Oh,
1: damn. You know? I was going to say, like, yeah, like, their want or their desire for you, and they try to push their agenda on you, right? I think, I mean, yeah, you think about our parents who came here from the Philippines, and I understand that, like, they want us to be successful they want us to have like a good life but at the same time we are and yeah of course we want that for ourselves too but we are growing up in different times and what they experience in the Philippines is completely different from our experience growing up here in the U.S. you know and I don't know I don't know that it's fair to the child that they put that kind of pressure or expectation on us. You don't know? hmm
0: I swear I would say that it's definitely not fair
1: I mean at all. And the reason why I say that is because, like, like, if I was a parent, I'd be like, yeah, I kicked, like, I worked so hard and I kicked ass to get our family to be where we are. Mm-hmm. And so I want this for my family. Like, yeah, I'm going to be a little biased and push my agenda on you. You know, I I guess I could could see myself being a little bit more closed-minded if I was to put myself in their shoes. Mm. But growing up as a kid in America, like, yeah, I'm going to push back because what are their values versus what are my values are Mm. completely different. So, yeah, I don't know that it is fair. And when that happens, like, when the child pushes back, you get a lot of, like, judgment happening. Oh, yeah, for
0: sure. It's like you're almost the black sheep of the family if you don't follow follow orders, Mm -hmm. right? You know, I think when when I went for the I think when I went the kinesiology route actually, let's backtrack. When I was going for engineering Mm -hmm. everything was fine. Mm -hmm. Nobody said shit to me. Yeah. You know, as long as I came home was passing all my classes was staying on track everything was cool. The moment I decided to change Mm -hmm. everybody was like well, what do you plan on doing? Mm-hmm. And you could just sense the worry or the fear mm-hmm. in their face. I'm like, I got this. Like, I'm, I'm 20 years old. Mm-hmm. Not saying I know everything, mm-hmm. but just allow me, allow myself, or just allow me to take my own route yes. and figure it out on my
1: own. Yeah. You
0: know, because I know what, at that point, I knew what, um, what I valued most in life. And, you know, what's weird is that I still hold those values
1: mm-hmm. close
0: to me. And that's kind of what got me to this whole kinesiology route or exercise yeah. science route but they weren't used they weren't used to seeing that as a career. Yeah. Right? And of course they were going to be fearful about that.
1: I 100% agree with you and know how you feel because I think like throughout some of middle school and high school I was telling people that I wanted to go into computer science and uh, if you look at computer science at that time, it was such like a, ooh, that's exciting, like good for you because it's booming right now. And that's a good field to go into. So I got that kind of acceptance and approval, if you will. And then when I changed it and I was like, actually, I don't think I'm going to go down the computer science route. I'm going to go into, it was either like graphic design um, or psychology, Uh right? And then that's when people were like, wait, what? What is that? And what are you going to do with that? You know? So I, I know what you are talking about
0: you know it's weird that around that time I didn't notice it until I got older but around that time everyone was telling me what I should do Mm -hmm. right and um that carried on or those habits carried on to me because like when my cousins were getting older my aunts would be like hey you should suggest to your cousin like what they should take and I was about to... Oh, my to God,
1: my mom has said that to me before, too. For real? Which is, yeah. like, it's kind you of crazy. You should talk to your cousin, like... Yeah. <laughs> like, as if I could kind of guide them. Like, I'm a guidance counselor? Yeah. Like, I'm
0: an, like I'm an advisor? Yeah, no, like, yeah, yeah. So, like, help
1: them figure out what they want to do with their life.
0: Which is crazy, because, like, I get... I understand trying to figure out someone's interest, right? Yeah. Versus trying to force their... Trying to force an interest out of them. hmm So, my little cousin Dylan... Oh, my cousin Dylan... Um
1: yeah, he's not so little Yeah, I know, right? <laughs> so
0: when he, was, when he was graduating in high school, he wasn't sure what he wanted to do.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: And, you know, he was going to go into college or community college and just take, like, the general gen ed classes, so the first few classes that are required to yeah. move on to the next level. And I think that he was going into engineering, and then he decided to change it. And then he was like, maybe I'll, I'll go into anthropology. A lot of my family is like, "Oh well, what are you gonna do with that?" Mm -hmm. Same shit. Mm -hmm. They're all worried about it. Then people are like, "Oh, you should go talk to him. Like, like push him to go to class. You know, maybe uh, see if he wants to like go this route instead. Make sure he doesn't give up." Like, well, it's his life. Why do I have to push this agenda to make sure that you're okay with how his life is? How his life is turning out? Mm -hmm. You know, not saying that he's gonna do poorly without without any guidance, but.
1: Mm-hmm. allow
0: himself allow him to figure it out on, on his own
1: mm-hmm. you know you know it makes me think why our parents were so were so concerned about like us taking the right route or the correct route it's almost as if I mean they did have some sort of fear that if we went down the wrong path we wouldn't be like set for life or we wouldn't be in a good place you know and I just wonder where I wonder where that came from like thinking about generational trauma in today's topic it makes me think of the experiences my parents and my ancestors did have to endure because I don't know personally and I'm a little ashamed to say this but like I don't know a lot of my family's history
0: not at all well you didn't grow up with your grandparents right or at least for a long period of time
1: No, yeah, my grandfather on my dad's side um, passed away when I was younger. I want to say, like, before I was eight years old. Mm -hmm. I don't really remember him too much. Like, I have a couple memories, but, like, even with my grandma or, like, my latest grandparents, who I did know, like, into my college years, right? Like, my grandpa was the last one living of the four, and he passed away about seven years ago. But even still then, I didn't learn a lot of my family's history, mm-hmm. which, again, like, I'm sad about. I want to. And I've tried to start conversations with my parents. I actually got my dad and my mom a book one year that was like, hey, tell me about your history. Oh, yeah, where they
0: write down everything about themselves. Yeah.
1: You know, like, where did you grow up? What did our family do for work? And what? you don't
0: know where they grew up?
1: No, I do. But I'm talking about the oh. kind of book. Yeah, like, yeah, 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 Just the type of questions it asks so we could, like, get down get down. To kind of the nitty gritty, it's like what I'm trying to do, but maybe it does need to be turned into a conversation instead of like, "Hey, mom, hey, dad, here's a book. Can you, can you yes. fill this out?"
0: First question.
1: Yeah, we're just gonna sit What's there. What's the I'm most in the traumatic experience of your <laughs> life? <laughs> well, we. If you,
0: if you could rank it one through five, what is your least favorite moments in your childhood?
1: <laughs> <laughs> well, we. We're laughing because, like, before we recorded, I talked about how, like, man, I really wish I did know some of the trauma that my parents went through. Mm-hmm. But, like, how can you get, how can you get to the root of that? It's not like you would just straight up ask them. What? Well, what is your trauma? Right.
0: Well, sometimes, like, you don't really need to get to the root, right? Because, at least for me, I feel like it's not our job to to fix the situation. I mean, no, but to help, right? And. In whatever way that we can. And sometimes that's just a a matter of getting to know their past, allowing them to go through it and heal on their own. Because a lot of times I feel like Asian parents, Mm -hmm. you know, they think everything's okay. Like this is the way life is supposed Mm -hmm. to be. I'm always right. Mm -hmm. And you need to listen to me. Mm -hmm. So rather than trying to fix or solve a problem, you just bury it and then you move on. Mm-hmm. You know, there was one time me and my mom had a conversation about something. um She was telling me about. Can y'all hear that? Can you? <laughs> Wait, I hope they can't hear that.
1: <laughs> we are that recording a outside birds. again. I'm sure you can tell, but like, there's a lot of birds in the background. Yeah. You can't see them though, but we hear them. Oh
0: damn! That's a shit ton. There's a bunch of crows over there. You see them? No. They're all up there. Uh, anyways, so. So I was talking to my mom one time and, you know, sometimes she'll tell me about her childhood and I like hearing about her stories to a certain extent. She'll say the same story over and over Mm. and over and I definitely do the same thing. But she was telling me about how she grew up, how she was treated as a child. So she's the youngest of three. But while she was telling me all these stories, I was able to realize, like, why she treats me a certain way Mm -hmm. and then why the relationship between her and my grandpa is the way it is, mm-hmm. you know? And there was one time I was like, mom, maybe you should go talk to a counselor mm-hmm. or a therapist. Mm-hmm. And, you know, for us, like that's a, that's a pretty common thing, right? At least it's, 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 getting probably, more normalized. it's probably been quite common, but people probably didn't talk about it. I think it's normalized. Mm-hmm. I think being able to talk about it has been normalized, right? Mm-hmm. To say that, oh yeah, I do go to therapy. That's, mm-hmm. That's okay to say, like, there's nothing yeah. wrong with you. But when I mentioned it to my mom, she was like, I don't need to. There's nothing wrong. Mm-hmm. And I was trying to explain to her that just because you go talk to somebody doesn't mean that there's something wrong with you. Mm-hmm. Maybe it just gives you a, a different outlook on your situation, you know? Mm-hmm. Someone looking in. Um, the outside looking in, right? Yeah. And And anyways, after talking to my mom about her past... And then hearing my grandpa's stories about when he was younger and moving, and him moving here to the U.S., and how he got his jobs and got the rest of the family over, mm-hmm. I was able to understand why he raised his kids the way they did and why my mom treats me the way she does. You know, uh, So my mom is pretty stern. She doesn't really show affection a lot. She doesn't cry in front of me, and she's always the type that needs to find a solution to something. Sounds Which, like you, the last. Point. Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah. <laughs> so, so the thing is, like, when it comes to finding a solution, it's like, oh well, if you come to her with a question or like just to express your, uh, express yourself, like how you feel mm-hmm. about a certain situation, she feels the need to like, jump in and take care of, me. and mm-hmm. that's how my grandpa deals with stuff, right? Mm-hmm. And if you don't want to take that type of help and you're just like, hey, like I don't really need the help, I mm-hmm. just want to let you know what's going on, mm-hmm. it becomes a problem. And whenever it's a problem, there's no sympathy or empathy shown in our family. Um, There was a time when I was in high school, I realized that my mom doesn't like to wear her emotions on her shoulder. You know, Mm -hmm. she she has to be the tough one Mm -hmm. um, in the family. And she gets that from my grandpa. And even though that seems like a good characteristic to have that can negative that ne- actually not could it did negatively impact me because for a long time it was hard for me to express my emotions right mm-hmm. um, to be vocal about whatever the hell I'm feeling mm-hmm. and when I was younger my way of expressing that was through anger and I think that's pretty typical where people that have experienced some sort of trauma they have issues with managing their emotions or controlling emotions. Their- and so I guess so. before we dive a little bit deeper with our personal experiences, let's go ahead and break down what trauma is for those that might not quite understand.
1: Yeah, I think trauma is hard. I mean, it is hard to talk about because I think when someone hears like trauma, someone's traumatized, someone had a traumatic event, they automatically assume like some big event mm-hmm. that happened to this person. So for example, like... I don't know, a really bad car crash or I was going to say like a bomb happened or like, you know, just like a yeah. really big event. But yes, there's that. But trauma can also happen in subtle ways. And, oh, it's all right. Oh,
0: yeah. there's So that's from the neighbors. So, okay. So just so you guys know, my place isn't dirty. It's um, our neighbors built a deck. And my grandpa told them not to build this fucking deck.
1: Uh-huh.
0: Right? And he's like, if you build it, there's going to be fucking rats because our neighbor over here won't clean their shit up. So the rats hide on this side of our, of our neighbors. And then they travel to the other side underneath where the deck is at. And they just go back and forth fucking around. All
1: right. <laughs> okay. Good.
0: <ahead>. <laughs> yeah.
1: You got a pet over there. Yeah, it's crazy. Who? Okay. Anyways, what was I saying? (laughs) Trauma. So,
0: like, it could be subtle.
1: Oh yeah. So subtle, and the thing is, like, it can happen little by little over a long period of time, and that is also trauma. But that's hard to. I think that's hard to identify. It's not like it's not like a car crash. It's not like a bomb. It's it's more like daily things happening in our lives.
0: Exactly. So. We talked about this a little bit before on the phone call. I was talking about peeling back the onion.
1: Oh, yeah. Right?
0: So I, I keep forgetting where I learned this from. It's probably one of the psych classes. But you could think of your like initial trauma being in the center of the onion. And each layer is some little aspect of that situation. And the example that they gave was that, let's say you're going to an ATM. Uh, you're withdrawing money. And It's nighttime. Nighttime in like a secluded area, okay? And you're withdrawing money, there's little light there, and someone walks up behind you wearing a red coat. Now, you think nothing of it until you feel something, So you feel that someone's presence is right behind you.
1: Mm -hmm.
0: Turn around, it's the person with the red coat. They have a gun to you at your back. They say, give me all your money, okay? And you end up getting robbed, they take all your money, you go home. So now you're traumatized. You don't want to go to an ATM at night and you don't, you don't like seeing people wearing red puffy coats Mm -hmm. and you for sure don't like that specific ATM at that, at that place. Right. Mm -hmm. Now let's say it's daytime. Um, and then you go to another ATM and then someone walks up with a puffy coat and it's red. Mm -hmm. You take out one factor, which is the daytime, but you still have that other layer, which is the red puffy coat. Mm-hmm. And if this consists, if this happens, on a consistent basis, where you keep seeing something with a red puppy coat and it's a trigger, mm-hmm. that's that one layer, that's part of the whole, the whole onion, mm-hmm. right? The traumatic event. Yes, the traumatic event.
1: Yeah, that reminds me of like PTSD, um, people's experience with PTSD and how yeah. things can trigger them. These days.
0: Sorry, I might not have explained that whole onion thing. The best, but did it make sense? It did. Okay. Yeah.
1: <laughs> you know, I recently read this book by Oprah, and uh, I think it's Dr. Perry is his name, and it's called What Happened to You, mm-hmm. and I, this is, like, so my type of book and, like, up my alley, because instead of asking the question, like, what's wrong with you, it, it asks the question, what happened to you? And they looked at one's upbringing and how their experience from birth like shapes them into the person they are today. And so they looked at things like trauma and resilience and coping. When they talked about trauma, they mentioned the three E's of trauma. Mm-hmm. So the first E was the event. The second E is the experience. And the third E was the effect. And I point this out because... Even one event, even though it might be traumatic to one individual, it might not be as traumatic or traumatic at all to other individuals. Mm-hmm. And I think the last E, the effects, is like one of the more important factors, I guess, to a, like a traumatic experience. It's like how did the event affect the person and how do they how do they cope with it? Mm-hmm. So, yeah trauma is so hard to talk about because I think it's just a huge topic it's, it's hard to understand
0: before I used to think like okay generational trauma is supposed to be exhibited the same way for each person but that's oh, really? not yeah well that's what I used to think uh-huh and that's not necessarily true right mm-hmm. so like there are certain things or certain aspects that um, I don't like within my family right certain characteristics. You know, some people may be stern when I think they don't need to be. Um, they might push their opinion a little too much on other people. I'm like, that's not necessary. And growing up, I used to think that, well, if I ignore it, I'll be okay. And I don't know if you've heard this from people, but a lot of people our age have been like, oh, well, that's just the way Filipino families are. Like, it's okay. It's not that big of a deal. Yeah. But it still has some sort of impact on it, you know? Yes. Like... I- Go ahead.
1: No, what
0: were you going to say? Well, I was going to talk about, um, shine light on the story I was talking about earlier between my mom and my grandpa, about how they interact. And growing up, I'm like, oh, I don't want to be like that. I don't want to hear them argue. I don't want to talk about other people the way they they talk about other people. Um, I'm going to be different. But either way, even though I'm not going to have those characteristics, the way that they talk about other people and act towards me... Mm-hmm. affects how i act towards other people. As Absolutely. Well. So, for instance, like let's say they disagree on something and turns it to some kind of argument and rather than talking it out, they're just they just become distant, right? Mm-hmm. Or they're just like, "Oh no, I don't want to deal with it. I'm going to leave and ignore it. Sweep it under sweep it under the rug, right?" Yeah. Growing up, I'm like, "I don't want to do that. I'm not going to argue. I'll be okay." But them becoming distant with each other or at least, like, distancing themselves during these these heated moments uh-huh. has caused them to, like, hide their emotions and not talk things out. Yeah. And then me visualizing that as a kid, like, that's how I ended up growing up, not mm-hmm. being able to verbalize my emotions, right? And that's mm-hmm. not how we were raised. And I, I hear parents from our generation telling their kids, use your words.
1: Mm-hmm.
0: I was never told that as a kid.
1: Mm-hmm. Were you? No. Nope. And it is something I'm trying to do, like, actively as I'm raising my children these days, you know. They are four and six years old. Mm -hmm. And uh, I try and empower them to, like, use their words, to identify their feelings, to feel that it is okay to talk about how they feel. Okay? Get this. And I was talking to my, one of my sons the other night, and he was upset and I tried to empower him and be like, let's talk about it. Mm-hmm. He responded with, no, I said, you know, we, we should talk about our feelings because it's going to help us feel better. I said, what would make you feel better? Because that's been something I've been asking him since he was like one or two years old. How can I help you? What would make you feel better? So I asked him this time and he said, well, if I go away and be by myself, that would make me feel better.
0: God and, damn. okay.
1: And in my head I was like damn, like, is that how he really feels? Like, and he really said that, on, and then that kind of made me feel bad. It's like, oh, shoot, what am I doing wrong as a parent? Like, am I not giving him a safe space to talk about his feelings or emotions, or, like, how how can I help him feel okay, you mm-hmm. know? I don't know, it's trippy, because I feel like I'm aware, and I feel like I'm very welcoming of it, and I encourage it, mm-hmm. but something's not... Clicking then if he's like, if I go be by myself, I'll feel better too. Yeah,
0: yeah, yeah, yeah. You know, well, does it make you worry a little bit?
1: Um, I don't know that it makes me worry. Um, makes me worry that he can express this kind of thing at such a young age. Mm-hmm. You know, I mean, like that's great he can that he can express that feeling, right? Like I do want to be alone, mom. Mm. And so should I just step back and be like, okay, you know, go be? Or like, but I would w- still trying to encourage him like, you know, it's okay to talk about your feelings, yada, yada. But at what point do I kind of just back up and be like, okay, I just got to let him be himself, yeah. you know? I don't know.
0: Well, have you ever... Has like your... parenting
1: is so tricky. It's <laughs> it come with a handbook.
0: <laughs> so has your son ever been, or have your parents been in a situation where they have to talk to your son? The way that you have to talk to them.
1: Yeah, yeah, yeah. Sure. Do
0: they use that same tactic where they're like, "What do you want? What, use your words, whatever."
1: No, no, not exactly. No, because like they have their own way of yeah of talking to my kids and trying to like teach my kids lessons too. Yeah, it's not the same. Well,
0: I also feel like <laughs> grandparents are a lot nicer. Sure. Or they're a lot nicer <laughs> to their <laughs> they're a lot nicer to their grandchildren than they are to their own kids.
1: Sure, I guess so. Yeah.
0: You don't see the difference?
1: <laughs> no, I mean, I do. I mean, I don't know. I feel like because they're kids and, like, I'm an adult, you know?
0: Oh, your parents were never tough on you?
1: Sure they were. Yeah, so, I yeah. mean, are they
0: tough on your on your kids?
1: No, not that tough. Oh, no, like that, that's were what I'm, yeah, that's yeah, what yeah. I'm saying. That yeah. I, I
0: think that, you know, grandparents are typically a lot nicer to the grandchildren, mm. mm-hmm. you know? Which is interesting because I remember growing up and, pff, man, I... I got spanked for asking for Sprite. You know Damn. and
1: how I'm not gonna ask
0: This was yesterday. <laughs> <laughs> it's like no this, this was nineteen ninety five. Um <laughs> I remember we went to McDonald's and Damn, my grandpa? Real? Yeah, this is a true story. I mean it wasn't really that bad. But my grandpa wouldn't let me drink pop. Mhm right? growing up. I was fine with it. It's not like I needed it. Yeah. But I'd never really had candy growing up unless it was in the house. And so We go to McDonald's, I'm like, man, I'm about to be rebellious as fuck, right? So I'm plotting this shit while we're driving. And as a kid, I swear, driving down two blocks felt like five hours, right? And, like, it could be the shortest drive somewhere, and it feels like you're on a road trip. So we're driving maybe a quarter of a mile to the McDonald's. It's the one on Graham. You know what I'm talking about? Graham and M.L.K.? Yeah. Yeah. So we're driving down... I'm like, man, I got this. Okay, Dante, practice, practice. What do you want to drink? Sprite. I want Sprite. <laughs> um, all right, Sprite. And I was like, say it with authority, Sprite. And so <laughs> so I'm hyping myself up, right? And I just
1: imagine they're asking you, Dante, what do you want to drink? Sprite. Yeah.
0: And so we're, we're going through the drive-thru. I didn't know that. I thought we were going to get out. So I thought people were going to save me in case I got in trouble. Right? Because, you know, when you're a kid, if you're in public, you're like, nothing's bad. Nothing bad is going to happen to me. Wrong. We go through the drive-thru. I'm like, fuck. My plan backfired. And so we pull up. I'm like, don't. Do not say orange juice. Do not say orange juice. That's usually what I would get instead of Sprite. So we pull up. um, I get the Happy Meal. And my grandpa says, he'll take orange juice. I was like, no. I want Sprite. And, like, I'm yelling it, but... Rather than, like, saying it in, like, with some nice calm authority, uh-huh. I sounded really angry, really fucking shilling. angry. And my grandpa turns, stares at me, turns down the radio, shakes his head, and then we drive up, grab the food, didn't say anything, looks straight ahead, and nods up and down. I'm like, oh, I'm fucked. <laughs> I am fucked. So we get back home. I'm like, all right, he's still not talking to me. Um, how the fuck, like, how am I about to run away? Like, I don't even have my clothes packed. I didn't even tell my friends. What am I going to say to my mom? It's like, damn, I can't even write nice letters. They can't even read that shit if I run away. So, so anyways, he doesn't even tell me to like, sit down. For some reason, once we walked through the door, my legs wouldn't work. So I fell face first and I just knew to lay there. And he grabbed the slipper. Oh, no. And he was like, oh, you want to ask for Sprite, huh? Oh no. Pap, and I was, like, I was like, I meant orange juice. I just mispronounced oh, it, and so, so I had like a thirty-minute ass whooping over some Sprite, and I've, I've ever since then I never ordered Sprite at all. <laughs> it, it was You're bad, traumatized. So bad. When we'd have family parties, we would have the. Um, I thought this was like a Filipino punch thing, but it's Hawaiian fruit punch Sprite orange lemon and lime slices in there that's okay. our punch bowl and i was scooping it i'm like why is it fizzy and and then someone goes oh they put sprite in it and so i dropped my cup and the and the ladle i was like i'm good i'll take some water let me get some water oh <laughs> uh, i still don't even drink sprite to this day
1: i was not say you're traumatized yeah oh yeah Sprite. exactly of that instance and
0: it, it was interesting though like as I got older, Dylan was born, I think early 2000s, mm-hmm. um, and he would like talk so much shit, uh-huh. and I'm like, Grandpa, whoop his ass. Uh huh. He's like, no, and that's not the right thing to do. Just tell him like, mm-hmm. to go to the corner. I'm like, you gotta be mm-hmm. fucking kidding me. I pulled, a, I pulled out out a Sprite can. I was like, you remember this? No, you didn't. <laughs> it was in my back pocket. I was ready for it. I was ready. But, oh yeah, he wouldn't get spanked. I'm like, what happened? What changed? Yeah. You know? And... His mindset was like, "Yeah, you know, you don't need to do that. You could just talk to them." Mm -hmm. And I noticed when, when Dylan was getting older Mm -hmm. and he was frustrated with something. It's weird, is that my grandpa's the one to say, "Come here. What's wrong? Tell me what's wrong."
1: Oh, really? Right.
0: But then his parents would be like, "What's wrong with you? Why are you acting like that?" Yeah, 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 yeah. yeah." I'm like, oh, this is interesting. This is an interesting dynamic, you know. Interesting. Sorry, go ahead.
1: It, was, it, makes me, it makes me think about my, my dad, who is like the lecturer in our family. Anytime something would come up and they'd ask like, oh, why do you want, like, why are you guys like that? Or like, why do you want to do that? It always came with a lecture, right? And he would just lecture us for like, I want to say for like a good 30 to 60 minutes. And it was just a thing over the years. And then at some point, the lecture stopped and at some point the questions of like why do you want to do that or or whatever like stopped. And I feel like he became a little bit more open-minded or understanding.
0: This is like a legitimate lecture. Like you're sitting down, he's explaining what the issue is, what you're doing. Usually
1: wrong. we'd like be in the car and oh, that's so the I,
0: worst. I'd
1: have like we me and my brother, we would have like nowhere to go. Yeah, you nowhere you're <laughs>
0: trapped, bro. That's yeah. crazy.
1: No, so it's not like, no, we weren't, like, sitting in the living room or sitting around the table or anything like that. But he would just always be lecturing us, Mm -hmm. which is funny now because I feel like I'm the lecturer, like, in my family. So maybe I got that from him. But um, somewhere along the line, like, yeah, their mindset did change Mm -hmm. about some certain things, which is good. I think it's important for all of us to kind of realize, be aware, and step back and be like, oh, okay, maybe I wasn't right
0: well, so now that now that you're able to reflect on your past with your parents, right? Do you find yourself talking about your emotions more with them?
1: Yeah, I am. A, I'm a little bit more open about it. Mm-hmm. Like, and I mentioned before, like in previous uh, episodes of ours, where I'm trying to shift this relationship with my parents, right? Not so much like parental and child, but a little bit more friendly because, like, I do want to be more like friend like relationship with my with my parents, right yeah so so yeah, I am more open with them
0: well I feel like that's got to be tough sometimes because traditionally you know Asian parents aren't as free with their emotions
1: mm no you know? absolutely not no growing up I mean I have this like I have this weird thing with like hugs and yo. No, like t- Not touching other people, but just, like, even hugging other people. I would be, like, get away from me. Like, so, I don't do hugs. You still, or, like, you still like that, right? So I've actually gotten a lot better. Shout out to Mariah, my old boss. Um, she is, like, a very huggy person. And she'd be like, I'm going to give you a hug anyway, even though I don't think you like – even though you yeah. don't like
0: them. You're like, <laughs> oh,
1: don't touch me. Yeah, but, like, over the years – it's changed, and, like, now I am more, like, willing and perfectly fine to give other people hugs. Mm-hmm. More so than before. Okay.
0: <laughs> Sorry, I'm going to interject just really quick. Yeah. The whole hug thing. Yeah. So, I remember, I was in high school, I'm like, like my grandpa won't let me get Sprite, huh? I'm about to hug this motherfucker. <laughs> so, yeah, I don't know why, but, like, you know, me and my mom... You know, we hug, everything's fine. You know We're able to you guys express hugs. ourselves. You guys do hug, did
1: hug growing up. Yeah,
0: so I was, you know, I mentioned earlier that she's not able to cry in front of me. Mm-hmm. And that's because of my grandpa.
1: Okay. I know that.
0: They don't, I've never seen this fool cry at all. Um, but one that's day cool. one day I decided to hug him. Mm-hmm. He was like, what, what the fuck are you doing? And so, so he was like, okay, okay, <laughs> get away, get away, get away. And his brother's like that too. Yeah. So yesterday,
1: mm-hmm. I was
0: like, hey, you hey, know, I'm trying to, uh, I was trying to go in for a hug. Uh-huh. And then. Was it awkward? Yeah. And he tried to shake my hand, like, while I went for the <laughs> hug. So I'm like, like, my arms got T-Rex-like. <laughs> so and so awkward. I'm like, I don't know what to do right yeah. here. Yeah. But his wife is the complete opposite. Uh-huh. She's able to talk about anything. Mm-hmm. Like, she's able to express herself. She's extremely emotional in a good way. mm mm-hmm. um, But, but yeah, you know, I feel like it is common for, like. For yeah. Our parents, Asian parents, to not show their emotions, mm-hmm. and that shit passes on passes down to us, you know, for
1: sure, for sure. I think about like the generational trauma that did get passed down to me by my parents, and it's it's surrounded by like shame, judgment, and comparison. How so? Well, comparison stands out it's just like um oh why don't you do this like your cousins yeah. you know and yep. and the one like example I can think about is like when it did come to what I majored in or what I wanted to go into a career mm-hmm. why don't you go into this like your cousin you know um
0: you guys got a doctor in the family yeah did they set, <laughs> did they set the standard
1: Hell yeah, their whole family did. He's like, he's a doctor, and then the two sisters are nurses, and like the mom's a nurse. Like the whole family, oh. except for my uncle, he's like the post
0: office. But that's not that's not even um, anything bad because you're in the post office, you made it. <laughs> that, that's, yeah, yeah, that yeah. It is what it is. You make yeah, you're yeah, in yeah. the post office. It doesn't even matter how much you get paid. You're good.
1: Yeah. Other things like. You know, watching, oh my God, watch what you eat, your weight, mm-hmm. which is like, again, when you're constantly reminded by all these sorts of things, it makes you feel a little less. It makes you feel a little bit more self-conscious. Yeah. And just like, you're not being accepted for who you are. It makes you feel a certain way, you know? It's yeah. like, oh shoot, I can't be myself around these people because they, they might accept me less.
0: Yeah.
1: Which, I mean, is not right, but... With the whole judgment thing, whenever I did, did tell my parents something and I felt like I was being judged, it was like, oh, shoot, well, maybe I don't want to tell you the whole truth then, mm-hmm. you know? And so I started to, like, hide some things or lie to them about some things. And, like, that's how it starts is the whole, I think, judgment.
0: You know, it's almost like our family criticizes us with everything that we do. They analyze every step without knowing that they're doing it. And it's almost like it's almost like we're walking on eggshells sometimes to make sure that we're pleasing our parents. And it's kinda of scary because, you know, you don't wanna upset your parents, but at some point you gotta be like, no fuck it, I'm just gonna do me. Mm-hmm. You know? And it doesn't matter what you think, because I know I know I got myself and I'll be okay. Do you
1: think your parents were like Less likely to like cheer you on or share, show support for you, or they just show support in different ways.
0: They show support in different ways, you know. I've you know, I've learned to think that everybody's able to be supportive, mm-hmm. but it may not be the way you need to be supported, yeah. Right? So,
1: yeah, Can I tell you one time, this has just happened like last week. Mm-hmm. I'm talking to my mom at the dining table, and I mentioned to her briefly, like. Hey, I don't, I don't know why I mentioned this, but I was like, Hey mommy, I haven't, I've only drank twice in the last two months. Mm-hmm. And I was expecting like a, Oh good, like good for you. Good mm-hmm. job. I don't, you know, something like that. Yeah. And all she responded with was you should refrain from alcohol. And I was like, yeah, mom, I just told you I've only drank twice in two months mm-hmm. and it just. Was not the support like you said that I was looking for that I was hoping to get yeah. in return, and it just it just reminded me like okay, my parents are supportive, just not in the way that I might want it. Mm-hmm. Well, might want, her, and then I t- I called her out too. I was like, "Why can't you just be like happy or supportive for me?" Yeah, yeah, I don't remember what her response was, but my cousin who was in the living room at the time she chuckled, she <laughs> laughed because. She totally gets it. And I was just like, well, yeah, why can't you be supportive? Like, and just say, like, okay, good, like, good for you. Yeah. And yeah, that's all.
0: Well, for me, you know, I think my dad didn't really. My dad was always like, oh, you're going to do that? Okay, cool. How are you going to do it? Oh, yeah. Make sure you do well. Hmm. But his perspective is a little bit different because, like, I'm not raised by him, right? So mm-hmm. he has he doesn't see me all the time. We don't talk all the time. Mm -hmm. so it's kind of like when a stranger knows about your new your new adventure and they're like oh shit that's amazing I hope you can do it huh right because I feel like I get more support from people that don't know me
1: yeah than
0: people that are around me all the time Yeah. Which is fine. Perfectly fine.
1: Well, yeah, because I feel like your parents, like, they would have your best interests in mind, so they would have a little bit more concern or say, opposed to a stranger who's just like, oh, cool, I don't care what you do.
0: For sure. So
1: are you trying to say that, like, sorry, your dad wasn't really, like, a parental figure? He was more like, I know you mentioned it before, but your relationship with him is more like a friend.
0: Yeah, but, I mean, still... Still a parental figure in that sense where he doesn't want to see me fail. Mm -hmm. You know, if I need help with something, he would help me. If I were to ask him, right? Mm. Um, But what I was trying to get at is that my mom supports me in a different way where she tries to tell me about things I need to worry about. Mm. It's never a way where she's like, oh, I know you can do it. I know you'll be great. I've never heard her say that. Uh Uh-huh. At all. Mm -hmm. I've never heard my grandpa say that. Encouraging words. There's no encouraging words within Mm -hmm. this family, which is...
1: Just oh, yeah. fucking crazy
0: because like, we got the notes in front of us. I never thought about that. We mm. don't have any sense of encouragement within the family when it comes when it comes to um, achieving something out of the norm, mm. right? So if it was like going to the post office, taking your test, <laughs> oh, I know you got this. You're gonna do great, right? But if it's <laughs> if it's starting a fucking business. Oh, you gotta be careful, you gotta make sure mm. you do this. You don't know what you're in for.
1: hmm So definitely some fear <laughs> instilled in that.
0: Yeah, yeah, yeah. So when it comes to the like no sense of encouragement within the family, again, I this is another aspect where I'm like, I don't want I don't want to have that type of characteristic. I always wanna be encouraging. Yeah. But now I just realized I am the type of person that does not praise anybody for doing something that they, where i believe they should be able to do it you know uh-huh. we've, been oh, through that yeah. situation. we've been through that situation before plenty of times right <laughs> yeah. where where you're like oh guess what i did i'm like you're like okay cool. okay and you're, you're supposed, supposed to be doing, be doing, doing that, that. yeah yeah, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah for real
1: i'm like damn fine so my hard work goes unnoticed i see <laughs> But and it's not like it doesn't get a nose. It's just not being, rec- yeah, it doesn't it's, get it's recognized. It's not recognized. It's
0: not being supported yeah. the way you need to be supported, right? And the
1: crazy thing <laughs> is, like, these words can be so powerful. Things like, I know you're going to do great yeah. or good job or, you know, whatever. Like, they are so powerful. Well,
0: I guess the the ultimate question is, would I have wanted it when I was younger? Yes. Which yes. Which is correct? You say yes?
1: Yes. Yes.
0: I guess I just wonder what my life would be like. How I would carry myself. Because.
1: If you were given more encouraging words and more support.
0: Yeah. Or like even. You would
1: believe in yourself more.
0: Even. Well. You probably
1: have less doubt.
0: Oh no no, no You probably no, no, no. already
1: have your gym five years ago.
0: Uh, I don't know about that one bro. <laughs> <laughs> I don't know about that one. Um, oh god. I think. Sorry. Something's hers bro. It's crazy. It just got really close. So. I think that there are a lot of factors that come into play. One being lack of um, emotional expression. Mm-hmm. Right? Or at least vocally, there's yeah. no expression. And then and then the lack of vocal encouragement. You know? mm-hmm. I did realize growing up that my grandpa was always like, you should be doing this. It should be done the right way. And Before you get it. This is fucking crazy you because get it. I remember Building a fucking shelf, right?
1: hmm
0: And I was like, hey, Grandpa. I built a I
1: shelf. I built a shelf.
0: Check aren't this you, out.
1: Aren't you proud of me, Grandpa? Then, what did he say? Come on,
0: Grandpa. Look at this fucking shelf.
1: Yeah. And what did he say? And he
0: goes, hmm. you should put a brace there. hmm Like right here.
1: hmm
0: And I was like. hmm
1: Shut down. I was like, it's,
0: it's fine. It's stable. Mm-hmm. He goes, mm, I don't know. Mm-hmm. I don't know. Then he just walks away. I come back outside. Put a fucking brace on there for me. He did? Yeah, he did. Didn't Uh, say shit. And I was like, okay, I'm about to put Sprite up in that bitch.
1: (laughs) (laughs) I'm just going to put a 12-pack right here. 12-pack right there. And some leaders, Right?
0: No, but that's That's how he treats his kids, right? And then that carries down to my mom, Mm -hmm. uh, where she doesn't have that sense of encouragement. It's not like, oh, Dante, you can do this. I know you can do this. Mm -hmm. Um, It's more of, Dante, you should expect that I believe in you. But I want you to keep in mind what could go wrong.
1: Yeah. You know, but
0: I noticed the only person that was vocal about me being able to do something was my grandma. Mm -hmm. And again, like I'm pretty vocal with people as far as like, oh, I know you can do it. I'll encourage you to do something Mm -hmm. Um, just to give you that extra push. But whatever the hell happened with my grandpa and my mom Mm -hmm. and her siblings, like how they carry themselves, I... I don't give praise to those that should be. I don't give praise to those that do things that they should be capable of doing, which I'm working on. I know that some people need it. It
1: hurts, man. And that's one thing I'm trying to break. It's like I build a shelf and I'm like, hey, Dante, look what I did. You should be able to build the fucking shelf. Yeah. So? And what? Like, damn. Yeah. All right. It's hurtful. Yeah, it's crazy. You know, you said something earlier. Where you're like people respond with like, "Oh, it's no big deal like that's uh-huh. how they are
0: yeah
1: and one thing I want to point with that or point out about that is like it's no big deal like that phrase minimizes other people's feelings yeah. or emotions, mm-hmm. which also can be super hurtful or impactful mm-hmm. because even though like one person's feeling some way and you tell them like, "Oh it's no big deal, don't worry about it Yeah. it's kind of telling them like Fuck what you think or fuck how you feel. Yeah. It's no big deal. You know? It's
0: like you're disregarding their values. Right? Yeah.
1: I think the underlying theme here, at least for me, that I'm recognizing is just like we all just want to be accepted like for who we are and just seen for who we are. But like you said, we get criticized a lot. Mm-hmm. And so that makes us feel some type of way and then we have to like alter our behavior and that's Mm -hmm. not being true to ourselves
0: no it's tough is that i think we should normalize that being different is okay yes within the culture we're talking about culturally because like there's
1: not just one way to do things yeah yeah
0: yeah because some something as simple as getting tattoos and you're the only person with tattoos in your family and you get Mm. you get looked at as the black sheep of the family because (laughs) what the fuck was that The rat. That better not you better not touch my plants. Whatever.
1: Anyways.
0: (laughs) (laughs) Shit, man. We need we need a studio. (laughs) (laughs) But um so before that rat came in, we paused. We paused. You mentioned that, you know, we're talking about accepting being different as the new norm with everything, not just culturally, right? So I think, like, growing up as an American, completely different. Because we are the generation where we're saying that it is okay to be different, you know? We don't have to stick to tradition. <laughs> we can find our own routes throughout life, and we're going to be okay, you know? hmm But how do we go about allowing our family to accept it, you know? Because sometimes, like, when I do shit, my grandpa has learned to be like, oh, just let him, let him be. Yeah. But... Also because I'm a guy. Mm. So that's like the cultural gender norms where only men can do certain things and women can do others. And we've had this talk (laughs) many times, you know, which, which is crazy to think about now because another fucking story, Mm -hmm. short story. When I, well, now my mom gets mad at my grandpa whenever he talks about what guys can do and what girls can do. Right. Mm -hmm. My mom was like, no, fuck that. Women can do whatever they want. Okay. She's like, "Fuck that." No, she doesn't. Oh. <laughs> she doesn't. But I remember, growing up, I was in seventh grade. I didn't like football. Not that I didn't like it. I just didn't watch football. Okay. In, in middle school, and so I got back from playing basketball, walked through the house, and my mom goes, "Why don't you? Why don't you uh, be more like a man? Watch some football." <gasps> she said. I was like, "The fuck! I don't like football," and I just walked away. But and she might not have realized like that. That mentality probably comes from whatever my grandpa, whatever my grandpa says, right? hmm And so, you know, there's are, there are these cultural standards that, like, we, as, a, as the new wave, the next generation, we need, a, we need a break.
1: Mm-hmm. For sure.
0: And it makes me think of, like, fight, flight, or freeze. Like How do you handle certain situations when you're stressed out? For me, moving forward, you know, I like to talk about certain situations to try to get the other person's perspective. And you know, it's hard when the older generation's kind of stuck in their ways. It's almost as if, like, I'm not giving up, but I'm at that point where, like, I'm willing to accept, like, this is just how it's going to be. Mm-hmm. But I can still make an effort to try to make a change, to present a different point of view and allow them to understand that there's other ways of thinking and mm-hmm. that our lifestyle is not the same as how they theirs were when they were our age.
1: Yeah. Like, when I think about my experience with my parents these days, I feel like they have gotten a little bit more understanding, or maybe they're just not pushing back as much as they used to. Mm -hmm. And, like, my dad's a little bit more open-minded, and now he's a little bit more supportive and, like, yeah, you can do whatever you want, you know? As long as you have your your heart set on it, like, you can do it.
0: So it's almost like every day is a work in progress, right? Trying to break these... Uh, generational curses or generational trauma. I think that it's always going to be a work in progress. Nothing's ever going to be perfect. But as long as we're able to reflect on our own faults mm-hmm. and try to dig deeper and figure out where did they actually come from, it's going to help out that next generation. You know? Because we don't want to pass on these traits to our kids where whatever we say or however we act can negatively impact them yeah and cause them to ruin their own relationships in the future mhm which when i say ruin i mean cause any trouble or make it make it harder to build stronger bonds between people right mm
1: mm-hmm. mhm you know in that book i talked about earlier the book called what happened to you by oprah mm-hmm. it talks about like in order to break generational trauma that we need to be very intentional with what we introduce and expose to our children and think about the influence that everything can have on our children. Like, literally everything. And they give the examples of, like, the way we treat others who look different from us, who we surround ourselves with, how we spend our time. Like, literally everything can have an effect on our children, whether we know it or not, right? Because I do Mm -hmm. think... To an extent, a huge extent, generational trauma is passed to us unknowingly by our parents and other older generations. And it's like, shoot, I could be doing that to my kids right now, you know? So I think about, like, how might I be transferring my trauma to my children unknowingly? Yeah. But looking at, like, what are my fears what are my values, what are my beliefs that I'm trying to instill in my children because I think that's my truth, yeah. and they should follow that too, you know? I mean, that could be, again, putting my agenda on them, but who's to say that that's right for them? It's tough. You know?
0: It's tough. You know, and again, I want to point out that what you mentioned, I think you mentioned it, or someone mentioned it earlier, that trauma doesn't have to be something extreme, right? Mm-hmm. It could be anything that causes some sort of stress, which in turn causes you to have some type of emotional or behavioral adjustment mm-hmm. based on the situation. And this would be like a long-lasting adjustment based on the situation.
1: You know, the book gave like an interesting um, scenario really quick about a potential traumatic experience. And it was, think of the scenario of like a fire at an elementary school, Mm -hmm. okay? We're going to look at it at the viewpoints of a first grader, a fifth grader, and a fireman. And so to the first grader, a fire at their school would be super traumatic, like long-term effects. Mm -hmm. To the fifth grader, it might affect them just slightly, maybe take them off their baseline for like a week, but after a week, they'd go back to being fine. Mm -hmm. And then to the firefighter, it was not a traumatic experience at all because it was one predictable that was their job and two controllable because again that was their job they are trained to put fires out mm-hmm. right and so it's so it's again the event their experience and the effects mm-hmm. and so to the first grader it was super traumatic to the fifth grader just a little bit but to the firefighter not at all and they would call that like resilience building
0: yeah yeah so one thing i would change though I mean, I feel like that's a great example, but I feel like there would also be a lot of people that are going to be like, oh, well, it's a first and a fifth grader. It's different. One example I have, which is a real example, the big earthquake. Um, 2006. No, it was No, it was like 2000, I think. We were Three. in middle school. No, we were in middle school. Two. So 2000, 2000, 2001, somewhere around we're
1: there. We're in sixth grade.
0: Um, yeah. And so, huge earthquake. I think it was over it was seven. Like
1: six point.
0: No, no, no. I thought it was like a seven. Well, either way, it was huge for us.
1: Mm-hmm. So
0: I remember the teacher was like, oh, my God, I think it's an earthquake. Everybody get down. Mm-hmm. I'm like, oh, shit. All right. 6.8. 6.8. All right. So 6.8 is still pretty high. It did enough damage to buildings in downtown yeah, yeah, Seattle. Yeah, For sure. So I remember teacher saying, get down. Everybody underneath the table. Mm-hmm. And I was like, oh, shit. This is for real. like A real earthquake. So I get down. And then I hear some someone weeping in the back. Mm. I'm like, "What the fuck is going on?" Right? Yeah, someone's crying, and I'm like, "Dude, it's a fucking earthquake. Mm. We'll be okay." But he's like bawling. Yeah. Right. And I mean, as a sixth or seventh grader, of course, a lot of people are going to be insensitive. Not saying it's okay, but I was like, "Bro, it's not that big of a deal. It's an earthquake." And that's what you think. And that's and that's what I think. And yeah. so the reason why I'd rather use that example is because for the first and fifth grader, people would probably say, oh, well, the kid's older. He's not going to be as, mm-hmm. he's not going to be as worried about it because he knows it's not that big of a deal. Mm-hmm. But what about people that are the same age? Mm-hmm. You know, you don't want to hold expectations for someone based on the age mm-hmm. that they're at because everybody goes through different experiences, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah. yeah.
1: That's a good example.
0: Yeah. Yeah. I mean, I do like the example, though, that you're giving because it is from different perspectives, which is great. Mm
1: -hmm. But yours, too, pointing out that people who experience the same event, even around the same age, can still have different experiences. Because their upbringing and their experience growing yeah. up is different. It's
0: the same thing with the shooting at South Center Mall, right? Mm-hmm. Remember, I was at the You're mall. You're
1: unfazed. So you'd be unfazed. I mean, I wasn't
0: unfazed, but it was like, okay, where are the exits? We need to get out. Where do you think the shooter's at? Where does the gunshot? Where are the mm-hmm. shots coming from? We need to figure out how to leave, mm-hmm. right? The person I was with froze. Mm-hmm. She didn't know what to do. Mm-hmm. I was about to like carry her ass out and run because mm-hmm. I'm not trying to get locked in the store and get gunned down because mm-hmm. I thought it was like a a mass shooter, and scary. You know where I was talking about a similar scenario with someone and they said the same thing where it was like we grew up in this. Mm-hmm. Not saying we grew up like fucking gunshots right across the street. Well, sometimes, but not all the time, right? Mm-hmm. But we were around it enough to where it's like okay this is a fight or flight, fight, flight, or freeze moment. You know, Mm -hmm. we got to make sure we're okay. We're not freezing up. We got to, we got to do what's best for us. Yeah.
1: Oh man. Yeah.
0: And so something as simple as that, like the fight, flight, or freeze, that could happen with a lot of things. Let's say you're with your kids at a grocery store and there's some angry woman yelling at you, cussing you out. What do you do? Are you, are you scared? Do you freeze up? Do you not say anything? Do you defend yourself? What mm-hmm. happens? Your kids see that. Yeah. They're sponges. Yep. And that might be a traumatic experience where they're like, oh, shit, some lady was yelling at my parents mm-hmm. or some, some man was yelling at my parents. I don't know what to do. My parents didn't do anything. It's kind of scary. How do I handle this in the future? You know?
1: Yeah, for sure. And so... I'll go on to say, Oprah does pose the question: Are we being as mindful as we could yeah. with our actions? And again, are we being intentional enough? You know, with again, how we raise our children. I mean, you're you're not there yet. You don't have yeah. children, but you know, something to be. I mean, aware I, uh, of. So I mean, what? I mean, if, first of all, in order to break generational trauma, one, you have to be aware of it. Yeah, and you, you have to do the self work
0: mm-hmm. for it. One thing I want to point out about the children thing. So, I did. I don't have children. Um, I did date someone for a while that had children, and we would get in arguments a lot, right? And so.
1: You and the children. No, 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 no. no. Sorry. Me and the,
0: the girlfriend. So.
1: <laughs> the girlfriend.
0: During the breakup, the there girlfriend. was something that was said that she said, and it was in front of the kids, and I'm like, that's not, that's not cool, because it made me think of how are they going to perceive for one well one me obviously but two men in relationships with their future men with their mom or just men in general and how people should act around the opposite sex mm-hmm. right mm-hmm. and so that's tricky because you know that can again be a traumatic experience for them mm-hmm. but then that's how they handle their relationships with other people based on whatever they see you know mm-hmm.
1: That's why it's so important what our kids absorb and yeah. are soaking in these days. Because
0: you yeah, you may think like kids don't, kids aren't going to be paying attention or they're going to forget. Like, no, oh, they, they might, they attention. might remember and react in a different way than you think.
1: They pay you attention. Know?
0: For sure. Oh.
1: Such yeah. a good episode. I'm so glad we talked about this today. I,
0: mean, I know there, there's a lot more to cover when it comes to generational trauma. We barely touched the surface. Mm-hmm. Um, You know, if you want to read up more on some of the things that we read up on, we're going to leave the links. What the fuck is going on back here? We're going to leave the links in the book titles um, in the description. Mm -hmm. And definitely feel free to, you know, DM us or email us because we want to hear your guys' experiences and your perspective on, um, on trauma and how you guys might handle it, right? Yes. Yes. So, remember, we all have different journeys in life. What may be right for me might not be right for you and vice versa. We're hoping this episode enlightened you and inspired you to bring up these types of conversations with your community.
1: And hoping that you can be a part of our community. Don't forget to hit that subscribe button and follow us on Instagram at Podcast.
0: And also, don't forget to turn on your notifications because we are going to be blasting you guys with a ton of episodes soon because we are playing catch-up and we're finally back on our ground. See you guys next time. Till next time.